I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it when it's all.
Jesus is all about you. Somebody say it's all about, it's all about you tonight, Jesus. Take your place in our worship. Say it's all about you, Jesus. My worship is all about you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about him. If it's all about him, I want you to give him thanks this morning, this evening. Lord, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I want you to give him thanks. I want you to exalt his holy name. Lift up your hands and give him thanks this evening. It's all about him. Forget about the things that he has not done. Just give him thanks for who he is. Lord, it's all about you. When the music fades, when everything goes, it's all about you, Jesus. Give him thanks, give him thanks. All we have come to do this evening is to give him thanks. It's all about him, it's not about us. It is about him to give him his worth, to give him his praise, to give him his glory, to give him what is due to him. He's our father, he's our king, he's our maker. It's all about you, Jesus. Oh, yes, you call for life. You call for life. 
himself is Jehovah Jireh, is the one and only God, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. Give him thanks this evening and exalt him. It is not about you tonight, it's about him, it's about Jesus, he is God all by himself. Give him thanks all over this place. Lift up your voice, all you people, and give him thanks this evening. Exalt his holy name. He is God all by himself. There is none beside him. There is none compared to him. There is none that is like him. There is no king like him. There is no president like him. There is nobody that we can compare to our God. So I want you to return all the glory to him this evening. Say, Father, I return all glory to you. You are God all by yourself. I give you thanks. I give you praise. I give you praise, Lord. I give you praise, Lord. I exalt you, my Father. I exalt you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I give you praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Exalt him. Magnify his holy name. That is what we have come to do tonight. Nothing else. We've been praying for the past 21 days. It's time to return all glory unto him. It's time to give him thanks. It's time to give him thanks. Just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The compassionate father. The merciful father. The faithful father. He is God all by himself. There is none compared to him. He's the one that died for you. Is the one that died for you. Is your friend, your father, your maker. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Sing a new song unto him this evening. Sing a new song unto him this evening. It's worthy of our praise. It's worthy of our praise. Thank him. Thank him. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about the things that he has not done. It's about him. Giving him glory. Giving him praise. Giving him adoration. Worthy of our praise he is God all by Himself. There is none like Him. Malebo sakatandabosha, lebo satanabosha, malebo sakatandabosha. Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for who you are, not the things that you have done. Lord, I give you thanks. I give you praise, Lord. I exalt you, Jesus. I exalt you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give him thanks. Show your heart of gratitude to him. Show him that you are grateful. Show him that you are grateful to him for the gift of life. For the gift of life. Say thank you, Jesus. I have come to give you thanks. I have come to give you praise. I have come to exalt your holy name. Lord, I give you praise. I give you praise, Lord. Lord, we give you him. We give you thanks. Yahweh, Lord, we give you thanks. We exalt you, our Father. The El Elyon God, the Most High God. I give you praise, Jehovah Nisi, God, our banner. Thank you, Lord. Jehovah Roy, the God that sees so many things. The El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the All-Sufficient God. I don't know about you. I don't know. These are the different names of God in the Bible. I don't know how God has been to you. I want you to begin to say, God, you are Jehovah, my protector. If has protected you, I just want you to begin to give God that particular name. If he has fought your battle, you can tell him Jehovah uh, El Warrior or any name uh, that he has been to you. 
if he has fought your battle, you can call him Jehovah El Warrior or any name. It depends on your encounter with him. Just give him that name. Just say, God, Jehovah, my assurance. If that is what God is to you, Jehovah El Assurance. Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom, evening, people of God. Shalom, evening, church. Because I believe you are all doing well. I believe everybody is doing well. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, I'm also doing well with my family. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we give God all the praise and all the glory for gifting us with another awesome evening like this. I believe strongly that this evening God is going to help us. And he's going to open our eyes to understand the secrets, even of his word, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take a word of prayer right now. Let's take a word of prayer. Blessed Father, we give you praise and the glory. Thank you for gifting us with such an awesome evening like this even for us to come before your presence and to know of thee we give you praise this evening we ask oh god that the light of your word will shine upon us open our eyes even into the scriptures cause us to understand the secrets that have been locked up in your word break the seals unto us and help us to understand that your name alone will be glorified. I pray as I speak, the Bible says that the entrance of thy word giveth light and giveth understanding unto the simple. Father, let your light, O God, accompany your word. Let it cause every darkness even to be dissipated and let your glory be seen even in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the spirit of revelation. We thank you for the spirit of knowledge. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and of understanding. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. I want to thank God for your lives. I want to thank God for your lives. I believe strongly that 
this evening is going to be an awesome time in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Just share the link, invite your friends and loved ones. Share the link. Invite your friends and loved ones. Share the link. Invite your friends and loved ones. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. This evening, the Lord is going to help us. Last night, let me say yesterday, the Lord helped us with um, an understanding about eschatology, even to a certain extent. And we understood that there are three main dimensions of eschatology. There are three main dimensions of eschatology, and we said the first one is personal eschatology. I want to check if you, you recall um, what we, we learned yesterday. What are the three main, um, let me say, pillars of eschatology that we made mention of yesterday? I want to check. Okay, someone said covenantal eschatology, someone said cosmic eschatology and someone said personal eschatology. Great. We understood that the personal eschatology speaks of the matters of the end um, of the end of normal earthly life mm, concerning a soul. So it speaks much more of the life after death the life after death so when a person dies where will the soul of the person go so that much speaks of the matters concerning eternity the heavens the hell and all those dimensions that is personal eschatology and that's not what we are talking about today we will talk about that in the subsequent meetings and the second one is cosmic eschatology Cosmic eschatology deals with the end of the physical world or universe. Are you following? Good. The end of the physical world or the universe. Great. So what is going to happen to the physical world that we see? What is going to happen to the universe of God at the end? What is going to happen? That is that speaks of the cosmic eschatology and um, we are going to understand few things on that and the third one is what we call the third one is what we call covenantal eschatology and we understood that one at a certain point yesterday and um, that one speaks of what happens to a certain covenant at the end, the last things of the covenant, 
So we understood yesterday that the old covenant system um, ended and a new covenant was, um, let me say, started through the Lord Jesus Christ. And most of the scriptures that we actually think are more connected to the end of the world were actually not so according to what we, we studied. We learned that when you read the book of Matthew chapter 24, it was actually speaking of the destruction of the temple that was in Jerusalem and also the destruction of the whole Old Testament or Old Covenant system. So we understood that almost all the things that Jesus made mention of in the book of Matthew 24, almost all, in fact, all of them has happened. All of them has actually happened in the time of old. And we understood that they were all in line with the covenantal eschatology because at that moment Jesus was bringing an end to the old covenant system even for the new covenant system to be created. Are you following? Great, great. So, before I move on to what this evening, I want to talk about the part one because the second level that we find ourselves, we have to spend like a week or two to delve deep into it bit by bit by bit by bit. I don't want to be jumping, else you get confused. So, we will quickly go into the Bible and just bring things out one by one, one by one, so that we all will understand the matters concerning the end. Hallelujah. So today what I want to talk about is the cosmic eschatology. Cosmic eschatology. I'm just talking about just the part one of it. And I said, what, what does cosmic eschatology mean? I want to check if we are still following. Because this matters, if I don't take care, make us say good. Amen. So what is cosmic eschatology? I've even defined it right now. Okay. I said deals with the end of the physical world of the universe. Great. 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 Beautiful. So that is what I want to talk about this evening. But before um, I talk about that, if there is any question that you have, concerning what we studied yesterday. Maybe you, you came across a certain scripture you don't understand. You can feel free and ask. You can feel free and ask your question now. If there is any question you have concerning what we studied yesterday, you can feel free and ask right now. Within the next five minutes, let me allow of the room for questions then we move forward okay still waiting still waiting 
Is there, that means we don't have any question. Can you all hear me, please? Okay, okay, all right. Mommy, your guest has said the teaching is too deep, so you need time to absorb it. Great, great. We thank God. We thank God. Um, so I think nobody has any question. All right. <laughs> if we don't have any question, then um, I don't want to just build upon things that people will still get plenty of questions. That is why I want you to just read through things and if you have any question you can feel free and ask okay lady pastor beckley said please i have a question all right you can ask you can ask mm -hmm. Please look, think through. I'm sure you have a question. You have a question. So make sure before we move forward. Before we move forward. Mm -hmm. So maybe Pastor Bethlehem, I'm still waiting. Please, we are still waiting. We are still waiting. We have a lot to talk about this evening. I want to um, help us by the special grace of God um, to remove all manner of doubts before we enter into the next um, level of the teaching. So we get ready. Somebody said, as for me, I have something bothering me. Is it, is it about what we are talking about here? Is it about the matters of eschatology? If it is not about it, we can just pause for now so that we talk about that one later. Okay. 
Still waiting, still waiting, still waiting. Okay, Lady Pastor Becklin said, according to her question, said, please, Romans chapter 11, verse 11 says, by the disobedience of the Jews, salvation came to the Gentiles. Yesterday, you mentioned that the Jews that do not believe in Christ Jesus are going to be judged. So my question is, if by their disobedience, we also have the chance to receive salvation, will it be accounted against them? Now, one of the things you need to, I love the question. It's a very awesome and clear question. But one of the things you need to understand is that, you see, the original plan of God was not only for the physical Jews. That is why, um, if you have um, studied my, my, or listened to my message on the Israel of God, I made us understand that when we, when we say Israel, Israel is not only a physical nation. Are you following? Israel is actually God's earthly plan. So the plan that God has purpose to execute on the earth is called Israel. That is why when we read the book of Genesis, the Bible said, after Jacob had received the blessings that were supposed to be given to Esau and he ran, the Bible said that he came to a point where he wrestled with a certain being. And when he wrestled with that being, according to the word of God, the being wanted to go the, that morning for another being to, to come. But the wrestling that went on between Jacob and that being did not allow the being to go. So the being asked Jacob, what is your name? And Jacob, if Jacob said, the being told Jacob, allow me to go before daybreak. And the Bible said, Jacob told the being that I will not allow you unless you bless me. And then that being asked Jacob, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. Then the being said, from today, your name will not be called Jacob, but Israel. Because as a man, thou hast wrestled with God and man and has prevailed. So the name Israel actually means prevailing with God and man. Are you following? It actually simply means you have prevailing with God and man. And I told you that that being at a point was was made mention that that being was God. Are you following? Now, look when you listen to what the being said. As a man, you, Jacob, you are a man, but you have wrestled with God and man, and you have continued. How possible? What kind of being did Jacob wrestle with? 
what kind of being that is both man and God at the same time that Jacob wrestled with and has conquered. That is actually speaking clearly of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it was in this that the name Israel was given to Jacob. And based on the studies that we have made, I told you that Israel is actually Jesus Christ. Jesus is the clear manifestation of Israel. That is why most of the times when we look through the scriptures, there are times that God calls Israel his firstborn. And we all know that Jesus is the first fruit in all creation, which means the firstborn, the only begotten of the Father. Are you following? So we, we have, and when we go to my, my sermon on um, the Israel of God, we understand that Jesus was actually standing for Israel. So when we say Israel, we are not really talking about the physical nation. This is the main reason why you, when you take the Bible, the words that were written, even for a, a particular group of people who were the Israelites, you still apply it to yourself. Why? Because you have also been made part of the Israel of God. Are you following? So the words that were given in the book of First Chronicles chapter 16, that touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Originally, it was not for us. But because when we believe in the Lord Jesus, we have been engrafted into the original Israel of God. So Paul now told us that there are two main dimensions of Jews. We have the Jews that are of the earth, or earthly Jews, and we have the spiritual Jews. Are you following? So now, the Jews, there are those that are of the earthly, um, let me say, realm, which means that they, are, they, they become Jews by natural birth. And even in the times of old, when you wanted to be part of the Jews, because around that time, in the whole world, the only people that knew the true God. Now, other nations and kingdoms were serving other gods. But the only nation that knew the one true God was Israel. Are you following? And the plan of God was that he was going to use that nation to bring his true nature as God to all the nations of the world. That was the original plan of God. But the Israelites did not see it like that. They were using their connection with the one true God as the um, as a means of looking down on the other nations. Are you following? So they make it look like we are the one that know the true God. We are the one that know the true God. We are the one that know the true God. So Jesus came. They didn't even know that Jesus was coming. Because when you look through the scriptures, their prophets prophesied that a Messiah will come. But because they were carnal, how carnal were they? They looked around what they were going through because at that time they were in slavery to the Roman Empire. And most of the times, whenever they are in slavery, God will send someone to come and fight that kingdom and deliver them. So they were all waiting for a certain fighter who will come and fight the Roman Empire to deliver them from the hands of the Romans. So their focus on the deliverance was actually something that was not in alignment to the spiritual plan of God. 
Are you following? So to them, they were going to be the only country that would know the Lord, the true God, till the end. That was to them because of their carnal understanding. Are you getting it? Not knowing that God had an original plan. The plan of God was for the entire world, but He was just using. He was just using only that country as a means. Because God, we when we look through the Bible, God called Abraham and said, There were many people in the world, but He chose only one man, Abraham, and said, Out of you, a nation will come. And even, even you, within you, all the nations of this world will be blessed. So God chose one man and He connected the nations of the whole world to that one man. So it is going to be through that one man that all the nations of the world will be blessed. And it was out of Abraham that Isaac came. It was out of Isaac that Jacob came. Now Jacob's name has been changed to Israel. And that Israel became a nation. And out of Israel as a nation came the Lord Jesus Christ, who is actually a clear manifestation of what Israel is. And now when we believe in him, he actually connects us to all the blessings that God prophesied upon the nation Israel. That is why when you believe in Jesus, the Bible clearly says you have become a seed of Abraham. Are you, are you getting it now? Why do you become a seed of Abraham when you believe in Jesus? Why? In fact, that is the main reason why you, you have the Bible now. That's the main reason why you read the Bible. Because originally speaking, you were not the, the um, literal audience of the Bible. Are you following we were not. We were not the literal audience of the Bible. Everything that was written in the Bible was written to a certain group of people that are dead and gone. So why are we reading it? It is because the plan of God is not only for that small nation, but God is using that nation as a means to win nations to himself. And in fact, the clear manifestation of Israel is the Lord Jesus Christ. So once you believe in the Lord Jesus, you have been now added to the promises that God made unto Abraham and unto the nations that will become a commonwealth of, of Abraham. Now, are you now getting it? If you don't understand the scripture in this way, problem will come. Because most of the eschatological teachings that we receive, they don't teach us this. They make it look like Israel is different somewhere. So God will get them specially. And then God will come. You see that thing? So they, they even come out with what we call, the time will come, there will be a, a temple that will be built in Israel. And that temple, all those kind of things. We'll go into all these. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. So, um, Lady Pastor Becklin, I hope you have understood. Great, 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 great. You see, let me just touch on this. Yesterday I asked some few questions and I've answered myself this evening. I asked you, why do you read the Bible? And now I hope you have understood why. Paul told us. When you read the book of Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, now you see, God told Abraham something. He said, 
Abraham, I want to use you to win the whole world to myself. You are the first person I've revealed my true nature to. I am the creator of the universe. All the nations of this world, they are worshipping idols. Other gods, other spirits are telling them that they are the creator. But I am the true God. And through you, I will win all nations to myself. But what I want to do is that Abraham, take a sharp object and circumcise yourself. Now, as you have circumcised yourself, out of you will come a true people and a seed. If I want to really look into the Bible, the seed that God really promised Abraham was not the physical nation of Israel, but it was Christ. I hope you know that one. But Israel came as a shadow of what is about to happen. So when God was talking to Abraham that a seed will come out of your lungs and that seed can you all hear me please? Good. When God told Abraham that a seed will come out of your lungs he was not really talking about Israel. Are you following he was actually, he was not really talking about Isaac. He was actually speaking of Christ. So now Christ actually is the true seed. But before Christ came, Isaac came. Then Esau and Jacob came. Then Jacob was chosen. Out of Jacob came forth all the tribes of Israel. Then out of Judah, God brought forth Jesus. Now that Jesus that has come is actually the true reflection and the manifestation of what Israel is. Are you following? That is why everything that Israel was doing was Jesus. The lamb that they killed to cover their sins was Christ. The priest that was taking the blood of the lamb into the holy place to sacrifice on the mercy seat for their sins to be covered. That priest, Christ is our high priest. There is nothing about Israel that is not Jesus Christ. Are you following? But this is what they failed to understand. Because they were expecting a certain physical savior to come and redeem them from the hands of the Romans. Are you following? Now, so now, when we say somebody is a Jew, when we say somebody is a Jew, what does the Bible actually say? So, God told Abraham that anybody that wants to be part of your seed, that person, what the person is supposed to do is that the way I have called you to be circumcised, let that person circumcise himself. So circumcision will make you um, part of, it will cause you to become a part of the commonwealth of Israel. Because most people, a lot of people were coming from different kingdoms and nations. But they wanted to know the true God of the Israelites. And if you want to be part of the Israelites, then you must circumcise yourself. So you take the foreskin of your genitals, then you can become part. Are you following So the main reason why they circumcise um, baby boys 
it came out of um, this this idea. Are you following? Good. But now, Paul came to us because if to them, to the Israelites, until you are circumcised, the promise of the Holy Ghost cannot come upon you. So even when Jesus came, some of his disciples who received their mandate and message to the Jews, they were speaking like that. If you have not been circumcised, the Holy Ghost cannot come upon you. So when they heard that Paul was preaching among the Gentile nations and people were being baptized by the Holy Ghost, they were like, what kind of Holy Ghost is that? These people, they are lost. They have not been circumcised. Their foreskin have not been removed. How? How? How possible? How can they receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues? Because this promise is for those who have been, who have been circumcised. It is, all, it is only for Israel. You see that kind of thing? It is only for Israel. So even this became an argument between the, the, some of the disciples and Paul. And when you read the book of Acts chapter 15, they address the matter. Paul will go to a country where they are worshipping idol and he will preach to them and they will believe in Jesus Christ and all of a sudden they will start speaking in tongues what? meanwhile according to the Jews so you see even your tradition can affect the gospel that you preach I hope you know that your tradition can affect your true knowledge of the word of God So there were some of the apostles who were still entitled to this whole thing of we are the Jews, we are the only one that know the true God and nobody else and we are this. If you want to be part of us, you have to be circumcised. If not, you are lost. And you see what most pastors do now? When they see people in sin, they just judge them. You are lost forever. You will never go to heaven. That is not what we have been called to do. That is why the Bible said the gospel of circumcision was given to Peter. And the gospel of uncircumcision was given to Paul. What does he mean? <laughs> Peter was preaching that if you want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, because his assignment was in Jerusalem and it was among the Jews, you have to be circumcised. So he was still connected to the things that were um, that God told Abraham. But now Paul came to the sea, so they did not understand why the gentle nations were not circumcised, but they were receiving the Holy Ghost. Because according to their understanding, until you are circumcised, the promise of the Spirit is not for you. Because the promise of the Spirit is only for Israel. And if you are not circumcised, you, can, you are not an Israelite, then you can't receive the promise. But they did not know that Israel was Jesus Christ. The true Israel was Jesus and if you believe in Jesus, you have become an Israelite and you are entitled to the promise of the Spirit. So Paul went to the Gentile nations. He began to preach to them about Christ. And when they believed, they got baptized by the Holy Ghost. So it was Paul who later came to the disciples and the apostles in Acts 15. And he began to explain certain things to them. And even when we read the book of Romans chapter 2, Paul started explaining things. He said, from verse 24, he said, For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision verily profited 
Let me read it from the ISV so that we all can understand. Are you following? We are going somewhere, so you need to follow. Good. He said, For circumcision is valuable if you observe the law. But if you break the law, your having been circumcised has no more value than if you were uncircumcised. Are you following? <laughs> Listen to the thing that Paul is bringing out right now. This is why they got angry. He said, you can be circumcised, but if you break the law, if you break the law, your circumcision is useless. Then the, the apostles got and said, Paul, are you mad? How can you say such a nonsense thing to us? <laughs> then he went further. He said, so if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the requirement of the law, his uncircumcision will be regarded as circumcision. Won't it? Verse 27. The man who is uncircumcised physically, said the man who is uncircumcised physically, but who keeps the law will condemn you who break the law, even though you have you have the written law and circumcision. Who is he talking about here? Is he not talking about the national Israel, the physical Jews? <laughs> this Paul, this Paul. Now, verse 28, listen to what Paul said. This is what will help you understand what I'm talking about. Verse 28. Can you all hear me, please? Can you all hear me? Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, when you read, it's breaking. Eh? Is, it, is it okay now? Good, good, good. Is it okay now? Good. Good. Now listen to what Paul is making mention of. When we say a Jew, listen to what Paul said. In verse 28 of Romans chapter 2, Paul said, For a person is not a Jew because of his appearance. Nor is circumcision something just external and physical. Look at that. All the life of the Jews, they know circumcision is when they cut the foreskin. Is that also? Is that not what circumcision is? But Paul is saying something. He says circumcision is not only something physical. Hey, so now Paul is trying to tell us about a certain circumcision. That the Israelites do not know. Now we need, we need to understand that. 
we need to also understand that it is by circumcision that somebody is engrafted into the Israel. You cannot be an Israelite if you have not been circumcised. That is exactly what God said. Can you hear me clearly? It is by that a person is grafted into Israel. If you have not been circumcised, you cannot be an Israelite. Now, Paul is telling us that that you have been circumcised physically does not only mean... So, you see, Paul said, let me read it from the NLT. He said, for you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. Jesus Christ. Is that what makes someone a Jew? That you were born by Jewish parents. Can you hear me, please? Good. So Paul said that you were born by Jewish parents does not mean you were a true Jew. And you're like, what is true Jew? What are you talking about? Because when your mother is a Jew and your father is a Jew, you are a Jew. And when you go through the ceremony of circumcision, that is it. You are a true Jew. But you are telling us something different. What does it mean? Now, Paul said, just circumcision is not just external and physical. He said, no, a person is a Jew inwardly and circumcision is a matter of the heart. The last verse, verse 29. <laughs> he said, so you can be a Jew inwardly the NLT says, he said, no, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. <laughs> this, this man called Paul. Eh? <laughs> Did you hear the, the... Yeah. He said, when the Holy Ghost... When the Holy Ghost changes your heart for you to know the right and true God, you are a Jew. This is the reason why when he went to preach to the Gentiles who were worshipping Suduku and Kankanyami without knowing the true God that the Israelites knew, Paul went to preach to them. And when he preached to them, when he preached to them, yes, the great Diana, when he preached to them, the Holy Ghost did the work by changing their heart. That is what we call being born again. And when they got born again, they got baptized. Now, the act of the Holy Ghost changing the heart of man is actually true circumcision. So the one that the Israelites were doing was just a physical, it was a shadow of the true one that was to happen. Ha! 
Are you following? Nobody had this deep knowledge and understanding, my Paul. No, not none of the apostles knew this. None of them. Because they were all giving to the Jews and they were still preaching that you have to be circumcised before the Holy Ghost can come upon you. But when they saw Paul doing miracles, people who have not been circumcised, Paul even brought a certain matter. He said, you that you have been circumcised, the law that you are following said, don't do this, you are going to do it. If you do what the law says you should not do, your circumcision is nonsense. Your law is telling you, thou shalt not kill, but you are killing. But there is a certain unbeliever, a person who does not believe in the true God, who is not killing. Is the person not following the law blindly? So Paul was telling them that there were some of the Gentiles who did not even have the law, but their conduct and their character were always in a way that they were following the law. These people, it is, they only need the touch of the Holy Ghost. They are the true Jews, not you. The one that you say, me, my father is Abraham, and this and this, and that is why Jesus hated them. They were using their, the fact that they were from Jew parents, see, as a means. That's why their hearts were hardened. When the spiritual Israel, who is Jesus, came, they did not believe. So, the matter went straight to the Gentiles and they believed. Are you getting it? You would need this foundation before you enter more into eschatological studies. That is why you now take your Bible and you also read. There is none of the things written physically that were for you. But by the Spirit, it is about your destiny. It is about the plan of God. Are you, are you following? So the, Paul went to the disciples in Jerusalem. He sat with them. He began to explain things to them. Because there was a mystery that was hidden. Even from the physical Israelites. They did not really know. They just knew certain dimensions. But Paul went so deep. God took Paul into his mind. And said, Paul, you see, this Israel thing, it is not just the physical Israel. Israel is this. God started teaching poor realms and dimensions. So the, Peter even made a statement that we all know that our brother Paul, his, his sermons are really hard to understand. <laughs> hard to understand. Peter, <laughs> he said that, you know, our brother Paul, um, his messages are hard to understand. That guy was so deep and, and, and heavy because the mystery of God was revealed to him. What was that mystery? That a time will come, Christ will be in man. And when Christ enters into man, the man will be hoping for a certain realm called glory. Then that glory will come. And when that glory comes, that is what we are going to say. The coming of the glory that is in man will also meet with the coming of the Lord then the kingdom of God will get to the zenith as God has prepared you to be. This, this kind of understanding was far away from some of the apostles who were given to the Jews. Are you following? Good. These are basic things we need to know and understand. 
That is why some people will tell you, you the Bible that you are reading, it was written to Israel. Some people can even foolishly say, the Bible is a history of Africa. When you just listen to them, you know they have been deceived by the spirit. So haven't you heard that before? So the Bible is a history of Africa. And you, they came and they used the Bible to brainwash you. When we all knew our gods. And they came and said that this, the, the, the white people brought Bible and they took our gold. And when they took the gold and this, this, this. So you Africa, we have to go back to our gods. You just know that they have been deceived by small, small dwarfs. Small, small dwarfs. Omitrihokakarere has deceived. <laughs> you don't get it. Dwarfs, how can you a whole man like you? Oh yeah, what I'm saying, I know what I'm. I know, I know some dwarfs with that kind of thing in there. <laughs> that is, you see, many there is a certain spirit that is rising in Africa, and that is the spirit that has entered into some of these people. Let me mention some few names. <laughs> That is the spirit that has entered into Abraham ben Moshe. You see, nobody is disputing the fact that Africa is the last weapon that God is using in his eschatological plan. Nobody is disputing that fact. But when you make it look like Africa is the greatest and this and you know um you know the whole the whole thing the listen that's the same thing the Israelites did don't you know that you just read it yes see I will come and say a whole lot of things some of them say oh, the, this Jesus thing there is no Jesus anywhere this 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 and a whole lot and you you are listening and you are being moved I think what these people are saying is true. I think that. Where, do you read your Bible at all? David said the girlfriend of Jesus was Mary Magdalene. Blasphemous words that a man will speak against our Lord. Because a spirit has this. Almost all these people, they have been deceived by spirits. Now let me open your eyes. You, in the dark world, there is a being that they call Jesus. There is a being they call Jesus. In fact, there is no, there is no entity in the kingdom of darkness that has followers more than that being. Not even Satan. Are you following Now that being reveals himself to people, and they be, when he reveals himself to you, say he is the true Jesus. He will tell you things, and those things that he tells people are deceptive words, and he deceives them. And some of them will come out of these encounters hardened in their hearts. You following? Some of them even say that the New Testament is coded. It's just written. There is no New Testament anywhere. It is just they have some code that they are using to kind of use, you see. 
Do you know the reason why? This is the same thing that they, most of the Jews don't believe. Because when you go to Israel as a nation right now, you have about only 20 something percent or even 18 percent of them to be Christians. Israel, as I'm talking to you right now, about 18 percent of the whole population of Israel are Christians. The rest, you have about 20 to 30 something percent of them to be Muslims, and the rest are in Judaism. Wow, how possible! How possible! Israel, a place where Jesus walked. So, you see, some of you, when you go on a pilgrimage to Israel, oh, let me, we are going to the tomb of Jesus Christ, we are going to Mount Olives, we are going to this, we are going to this. In fact, the tomb of Jesus, according to Recently, I was watching um, Kofi TV. I think that was last three years or so. Kofi TV. He, he went to Israel. And when he went there, he brought out certain things. He said when he was entering, when he was about entering the tomb of Jesus, they take money. At the entrance, there is a man sitting there taking money. That man was a Muslim. <laughs> a Muslim! And he said, oh you, oh, you want to come and look at the tomb of Jesus? Oh, okay, this is it. Oh. That's where your Jesus, we said, uh, yeah. So, five dollars. <laughs> you will pay. The tomb, the tomb. Hey, Akuvasa Apola Ikatayas. If you go to Israel, the religion that has the lowest percentage is the Christian Christian religion so what happened what happened that is why this, some of these people will use that means to deceive people you the Israel crowd like you say Jesus came there even those people cry, and they don't they have eyes that they have rejected Jesus and you that you are in Ghana and this this hey and many people get deceived when those people say these things You are serious, you are speaking in tongues. You are fooling. Stop that nonsense. You see. Now, many Christians have been moved by some of these words. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. Many many Christians. The thing is, they don't know the scriptures. They don't know their foundation. They don't even know. Because some of the people, eh? oh Jesus, they will tell you. I remember somebody asked me, because the man of God, you, why is it that your God, your God, huh? your God was telling the people to kill lamb and sprinkle blood and this, this, this. But now when we do that, we say we are so, we are so many bosom. 
your God, oh, is it not in the Bible? Sacrificing a lamb unto this. Is it not there? Your God even did that. But when we do that now, you are saying that um, we are worshipping idols and this, 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 this. What is it? Now, as a Christian, how are you going to answer this person's question? Do you know that in the Bible there is something we call a drink offering? A drink offering. And the drink offering, they were supposed to have certain wine and pour it. <laughs> Are you following? Good. There were so many kinds of offerings. A drink offering, they, they will have wine and pour. Just as some people are pouring libation. So people that are pouring libation think that they have not done anything wrong because it is in the Bible. Haven't you heard that? Oh, man of God, it is in the Bible. It is in the Bible. So now, as a Christian, what are you going to say? I, I taught this yesterday. I want somebody to at least say something. Say something. Before we move on to what we want to study this evening. Say something. The question is, why is it that our God because we all know that God has been God throughout. Why is it that our God was receiving bulls, goats, and all blood sacrifices? He was also receiving drink offerings and all those kind of bad. Why is it that now when we do it, you are telling us as Christians that what we are doing is idolatry and this, 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 this. What are you going to say if you are a Christian and you want to answer this question? I said this yesterday. If you are not able to answer me today, you will fight. Honey, please get me the boxing gloves. Beautiful. Beautiful. My son has hit the nail. <laughs> so you have nailed it. You have nailed it. It's as simple as that. It is because of the kind of covenant that God has established with the people. And yesterday we learned that that covenant, Jesus has made it obsolete. Are, are you getting it? It means it is out of use. So now, if you try to use it, God is not in it. Beautiful. God bless you, man of God, Adam Fupa. What is it? So if you try, that is why yesterday I made a statement. I said, any place that God was standing, that he moves, or maybe he moved from that place, if you try to go to that place again, you will meet another spirit that will reveal himself to you as God. Are you listening to me? That is why we have the one true God. It means there are false gods that will always try to mimic the way of God and make themselves like God. This is what Ajagraja is talking about. 
So he will sacrifice goats, sheep, he will sacrifice cows, sprinkling blood, pour libation, and all those kind of things. And he will quote from the Bible to defend himself. And when he's quoting, he will quote from the Old Testament. Because to him, the New Testament is just a calculation that we sat down to do. And the reason why they are doing that is because first, they have been deceived by a spirit. Second, the New Testament is of the spirit. So a person that does not have the spirit does not have any understanding into the new. Because it will be difficult for you to believe that when you believe in Jesus, all your sins have been forgiven. And the Lord said that he will remember your sins no more. It will be difficult if the Holy Ghost is not at work in you. Are you following? So anybody who rejects the New Testament has rejected the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is actually the New Covenant in person. Are you following? So Jesus said, now, this is the new covenant in my blood. So the new covenant was found in the blood of Jesus Christ. And he sealed it with his spirit. So the blood of Jesus, inside that blood is the covenant. Because if without the shedding of blood, you see, there are so many dimensions of covenants. But the covenant that Jesus established was according to his blood. There was a cutting of his blood. So by the blood of Jesus, we have entered into a new covenant with the Lord. Yes, that is why we take the Holy Communion. Now, the personality or the embodiment of the new covenant is the Holy Spirit. Anybody who believes, you can't believe in the new covenant without first believing in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the blood of Jesus speaks of his death and resurrection. I hope you know that. And once you believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and you profess it, you have been born again. Then the Holy Ghost has started his work in you. Anybody that rejects the Holy Ghost has rejected the new covenant. And that person will say the New Testament is not true. Before when you go to Israel, most of the natural Jews have that mentality. And that is where Abraham ben Moshe went to. He went there to learn from Judaism. So now let me tell you, if you think you go to Israel, and when you go to Israel, then it means that Kale, ah, you have entered heaven. And you have, no, it does not work like that. If your heart is not circumcised by the Spirit, going to Israel is a waste. Huh? Use the, go and use the money to help offers. <laughs> At least, you get a certain physical blessing, even though you are not born again. Are you following? May the Lord help us. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Alright. I want to talk about the first part of cosmic eschatology. 
cosmic eschatology. Cosmic eschatology deals with what will happen to the physical world or the physical universe that we see at the end. What is the end of this physical world? What is the end of this physical universe? Now, before we go into that, we first need to understand what God is doing in this physical world. If you don't know what God is doing, you will not know the end. Are you following? Because when you read the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 1, verse 8, Revelation is chapter 1, verse 8. Now, this is Jesus revealing himself to John. And he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, declares the Lord God, the one who is, who was, and who is to come. And we all know that the word Alpha means beginning, and the word Omega means end. So Jesus said, He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Are you following? So we need to understand what God is trying to achieve in this physical world before we can know the end of this physical world. Are you following? Now, when we understand it this, this way, you will now know from Scripture what God has actually planned to do. You cannot quickly get up and say the world is going to disappear. The whole world will melt and this and that without you understanding the true plan of God for the world. Are you with me? And that is what many of us are trying to do. When you read the Bible, God spills out all his plans from Genesis to Revelation. But we don't like that one. What to go and say, uh -huh, the world is going to, the earth will, will you see, they said the, the heavens the heavens will quell itself like a mat. Then the earth will melt like Dam of Gilead. They will not get any place to stand. Hey! It is because you just don't understand what God wants to do. Amen. Now let me tell you, do you know, when the Lord, okay, let me ask this way, do you know that this earth has been destroyed before? Beautiful. Beautiful. During the time of Noah, the whole earth was destroyed. Now, did the earth disappear? The earth did not disappear. We still came back. Just that new systems were put in place. New covenants were put in place. Are you following? Things began to move according to the way that God had planned them to be. This is the same way our physical world in its destruction will be. That is why the Bible will tell you one generation will come and another will also come. But the earth remains forever. 
Are you following? Let me give you that scripture so that you, you, you will know that I'm, I'm not lying. Because of the man of God, man of God, show us the scriptures. You can't come and use your TV here to say things. It's okay, relax. I'm giving you the scripture so that you all will understand. Amen. Hallelujah. I think it's in the book of Ecclesiastes. One generation cometh. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 4. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. Did you hear that? Exactly, it is actually contradicting with that scripture that Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away. Is that not true? This is eschatological session that we have started. Uh, God will change your mind about things. I'm telling you, I just love it. <laughs> okay. Now, we all know. That is why, okay, maybe Pastor Bethlehem, I'll come to our Jehovah's people. We'll come to the Jehovah's Witness people. I love, I just love them. I love them. But at a certain point, they get things wrong. And we are going to understand all these things. Are you following? Now, listen. The word of the Lord said, Hope we all know that the Bible said heaven and earth will pass away, but he said my words will never pass. We all know that, right? Good. Now the Bible is telling us clearly here in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 4. He said, One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. He said the earth abides forever, but Jesus is saying that the earth will and heaven will pass. So which heaven and earth is Jesus talking about? If it is the same earth that Solomon is talking about here, then I think one of them is lying. Is that not so? Then there is going to be a contradiction here. But the, the truth of the matter is that none of them is speaking lies. They are all speaking the truth. Just that we are not having understanding of what we are really talking about. And yesterday I touched on this one. Let's read. Let me just answer that one. I answered it yesterday, but I want for the sake of those who are not here. Let me touch on it quickly. In the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 17 and 18. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Now listen to what Jesus said. He said, 
don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Did you, did you read that? Did you read that? Let me read it from the King James for you to understand. He said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one, one tittle shall, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Are you getting it? Now, the question is, did Jesus fulfill the law? Did Jesus fulfill the law? He said he came to fulfill it. Now, if the law has not been fulfilled, because the law speaks of the old covenant, and if it has not been fulfilled, there, there cannot be any new covenant. I hope you get it. As we read yesterday. Good. Now, if the law has been fulfilled, Jesus said that this law that I'm, I'm, I've come to fulfill, not even one of them will disappear unless the heaven and earth pass away. So not even one of them will be fulfilled unless the heaven and earth pass. That means that the fulfillment of the law is in line or is moving with the passing away of heaven and earth. Is that also? So if you claim that the law has been fulfilled, then it means heaven and earth has passed away. Is that also? This one is simple algebraic expression. Are you following? Simple and linear equation that you need to understand is it's linear. That means, according to this scripture, heaven, the heaven and the earth have been fulfilled. In fact, they have passed away. How did the heaven and earth pass away? Is it not this earth that we are still living on? Has it passed? <laughs> Our problem. Is that we don't understand apocalyptic languages. That is the same way Jesus said, As I'm talking to you, there are some of you standing here with me. You will not die until I, the Son of God, have returned in my glory. Now, the kind of glory that he was returning in, the Bible says he will come with the clouds and with the angels of God and in the majesty and splendor of his Father. And when he was talking about that, he said, there are some of the people standing close, standing in front of him, who will not die until he returns. Now, all those people are dead. So has he returned? If he has returned, 
How did he return that we did not see? This is where we need to understand things. Because if you take things so literal, you get confused. There are many things you can take as literal as they are sometimes in the Bible, not Bible prophecy. Are you listening to me? Because prophecies are actually for signs. So when you read the book of Revelation chapter 1, when the angel appeared to John, the Bible said, this is the revelation of Jesus the Messiah, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must happen soon. He made it known by sending his messenger to his servant John, who testified about this message from God and the testimony about Jesus the Messiah. How blessed is the one who reads aloud than those who hear the words of this prophecy and obey what is written in it. For the time is near. Verse 4. From John to the seven churches in Asia, may grace and peace be yours from the one who is, who was, and who is coming. Are you following? So these things were revealed to John. Now when we read it from the King James, the verse 1, Revelation chapter 1 verse 1, he said, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servant things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it. He sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant. He signified. The word signified is the, comes from the word a sign. A sign. Like a signature. You know, most of you, when you sign, when you sign your, your, your signature, it is actually like your name, but you are not making it look like your name. Is that not so? Are you following? Can you all hear me, please? Good. So all the things that John saw, yes, you see, the revelation that John saw was actually about Jesus Christ. It is called the revelation of Jesus. Now, we'll go into understanding the book of Revelation. Are you following Yes, it is about Jesus. It is called the revelation of now. The word revelation, the word revelation is actually the word apocalypse, which means to disclose, to uncover, to uncover. It is like you have signed your signature, and somebody is trying to look at the signature to you bring out the name that let's say you are called Mike and your, your signature was M and you just did some kind of movement with the pen. So somebody is trying to look at that, that, that signature to bring out the true name. So what the person is trying to do that is unveiling is revealing the true nature that is behind the signature. 
Are you getting it? So the revelation of Jesus Christ was actually an unveiling of who Jesus is, who he was, and who he is to come. The whole plan of Jesus on earth is what John is revealing to us. And he revealed this to seven main churches. Seven main churches. Are you following? So everything that you are actually seeing, listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. Don't jump into certain conclusions. You will miss it. Everything you are seeing in the book of Revelation is about Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is not about a certain Satan. It is not about a certain devil. It is about Jesus. So definitely what God has planned for Jesus is what will manifest. Are you following? And when we say Jesus Christ, I told you, it's as simple as that. The destiny of God, what God has planned to achieve on earth is called Jesus Christ. It is called Christ. Jesus came to live it and we are continuing. And I want to say something that will sound quite heavy. So the destiny of God is Christ. Jesus came to live his part. We are living our part. So we are all part of the same thing. When, we, when you even go to heaven, you say, the Lord Jesus Christ, you are really not only speaking of one being. We are all part. Just that our part has not yet been fulfilled. That is the reason why. Uh, okay, let me just say this. Now, let me say this. Can you overhear me, please? That is why, in the beginning, there was a slight difference between Christ and Jesus, but now there is no difference. In the beginning, there was a slight difference between Christ and Jesus, but now there is no difference. You remember what John, um, Isaiah said? Isaiah prophesied, and he said, Unto us a child is born, and a son is given. A child is born, and a son is given. When he, when he spoke about the child, he spoke about birth. But when he, when he spoke about the son, he spoke about giving. So the, the child was born, but as for the son, he was given. So who is the son that was given? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the son is God's son. But Jesus is a child that was born. That is why anybody can be called Jesus. Are you getting it? That is the reason why. If you were in the time of Jesus and he asked you who do you think that I am you say oh you are the son of Joseph and Mary is that not what you say? because that is the only thing you know you say oh Mary and Joseph gave birth to you you are making mention of the child you will not know that he was a son that was given by a father in heaven that is why it was only Peter that caught that revelation he said thou art the Christ the son of the living so Christ is the son of the living God Jesus 
is a child that was born. This is to fulfill what Isaiah wrote. Unto us a child is born and a son is given. So the son, the child was born, but the son was given. So when the body of Jesus was being formed by the Holy Ghost in the womb of Mary, God sent Christ into him. So Christ is the spirit that was in Jesus. <laughs> Are you following? So the spirit that was in Jesus was Christ. So Jesus was the body of the spirit called Christ. So when you look at Jesus, he was the body of Christ. Now he has fulfilled his work and he said, we are the body of Christ. So who are you? If you don't understand it this way, you miss a lot of things. <laughs> so he said, when Jesus went to heaven, he sent Christ into us. So right now we have become the body of the Christ that is in us. At first, Jesus was the body, but now we are. Oh, you are not getting it. <laughs> that is the, when we say the body of Christ, that is what it means. The body of Christ. Christ is the Holy Ghost inside you now. You remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the Bible said, He said, Father, it is in your hand that I commit my spirit. Then all of a sudden, He gave up the ghost. That ghost is the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? Let me explain what this actually means in the spirit, the spirit world. Do you know that? As you are here right now, you are spirit, soul, body. Hmm? Spirit, soul, body. If I go into this one, spirit, soul, body. Are you following? Now, your spirit actually is how God wants you to be. That is the image of God. How God really wants you to look like is your spirit. Are you following? I've touched on this before. God made us in our image and after his likeness. Now, when we look at the likeness of man, when he was made afresh, you will just know that ah, this one is this one is the son of God. No, that's why I'm explaining this. Relax. Let me tell you, the Holy Ghost that came upon Jesus was quite different in understanding. The Holy Ghost came upon him for work. But the Holy Ghost right from the... Because the Holy Ghost was the one that even formed him. That is why the Bible will tell you that right from the womb, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost. Haven't you, haven't you read that? He was filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb of his mother. How, how can that be? <laughs> how? Holy Ghost. That we we know that if you have not yet received Jesus Christ, you don't have the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist, he was filled with the Holy Ghost when he was not yet born. This is amazing. No wonder there was a salutation when Mary went to Elizabeth and they hugged. The moment they hugged, Jesus that was in the womb of Mary gave a handshake to John that was in the womb of Elizabeth. 
He's a colonial. How are you? I know you are older than me, six months. And that is the assignment. Go. Come and prepare the way when I will come. They, have, they started having conversation while they were in the room. <laughs> My God. Now let me tell you this. This is the secret. Just as every human being is spirit, soul, body, hmm? Jesus was also spirit, soul, body. Now, the spirit of Jesus was actually the Holy Spirit. This is, this is, it is going to be hard for some people to believe. You, your spirit is different from the Holy Ghost. Know that. As a normal human being, your spirit is different from the Holy Ghost. But that was not the matter of Jesus. Because Jesus was God. I don't know if you are getting what I am saying. So the spirit of Jesus was the Holy Spirit. And it was that spirit that he gave to the Father when he died. That is the reason why when you believe in Jesus Christ, he will send his spirit into your spirit. So that his spirit will mingle with your spirit for you to become one. So that you will be as Jesus who was not having a clear difference between the Spirit and the Holy Ghost. One, it is one. So when the Holy Ghost is sent into a man, it is like having a cup with water at the middle level and you have poured another water into it. You can't separate it anymore. That is how God wants to do. How God wants to make things. That your Spirit will become one with the Holy Ghost. And that is what the Bible says. That the Spirit bears witness with our Spirit. The moment the Spirit becomes one, with your spirit, it is called Christ. Mm-mm-mm. And Christ is the Son of God. No wonder when the Spirit bears witness with your spirit, it means it has become one. Then Christ has now been activated in you. So you can now be called the Son of God. So without the Holy Ghost, you can't be God's Son. Are you following? So the Bible said, when God wanted to make us sons, He sent His Spirit into us. So now we are crying, Abba Father. So it is by the Holy Ghost that we can even call God our Father. Because He has made our spirit Christ. Now, it means... Is somebody following you? Somebody said, nah, you will not find this on Google. <laughs> oh, this one is not... If the Holy Ghost has not heard, you will not get this. So now... When the Holy Ghost enters into your spirit and it becomes one, it is called Christ. Now that Christ is the true image of God. As we read in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, the Bible said, God in sundry times, who spoke to the prophets, has spoken to us in, this, in these last days by his beloved son, who is the express image of his person. So Christ is the image of God. That is why when the Holy Ghost enters into your spirit and becomes one with your spirit, it is called Christ. And that is the image. But God did not make you only in his image. He made you in image and likeness. The likeness is your physical body and how you do things in the natural. Are you following? It must be fueled. So the destiny of this your physical body, what your physical body is supposed to do, is actually what is called your image, which is Christ inside you. That is why without Christ, you don't have destiny. Is somebody listening to me? 
Beautiful. Now, so when Christ enters into you through the Holy Ghost, now he has formed, he has become one with your spirit. And you are now called Christ inside you. So when we say you are the image of God, we are telling you that you are Christ, the Christ of God. Because you can't be called the Son of, of God when you are not a dimension of the Christ. Because what is Christ? Christ is the Son of God. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Anybody that is a Son of God is a Christ. This one is not blasphemy. <laughs> and this, your human body, is the body of the Christ that is in you. That's why Christ in you, the hope of glory. That glory will be revealed in this, your physical body. Now, Jesus was a body, but there was Christ inside him. So he lived out that Christ inside him by fulfilling his destiny because Christ was the destiny of Jesus, as Christ also is our destiny now. Are you following? When Jesus lived out the full Christ and fulfilled the destiny which is Christ that was inside him, the name that the Father gave to his son, you know, it is a father that names a son. The father has a name and the name of the father is Yahweh. The father gave that name to the son and the moment the son, which is Christ, had its destiny fulfilled in the body called Jesus, it became one with the Jesus. So now there was no difference between Jesus and Christ. And the moment Jesus and Christ became one through the fulfillment of the Christ, the Father gave his name to them all. And that name was called Lord. So the word Lord is the word Yahweh, which is the name of the Father. Are you following? If you don't get this, you will not understand the Godhead. You don't understand the reason why the Bible says Jesus was equal with God, but he did not count it. Why? Because he needed to fulfill the mandate of the Godhead on this earth through a body called Jesus. Are you following? Now, Jesus has fulfilled that assignment. So the thing is, when you even fulfill the Christ inside you, God will give you a name. This is our assignment. When you fulfill Christ, God will give you a name. So a time is coming, that name that God will give to you will be written on your forehead. Are you following? And that's what the Bible said in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus will write the name the Father gave to him on the foreheads of the river Thomas. Are you getting it? Great. Now, with this little understanding, don't forget what I've taught you today. Because if you forget this, there are many things you will not understand. Are you following? Great. Now, let me talk about what I wanted to teach today. Amen. So we are now talking about <laughs> I have a lot of things to share with us. So if 
if you don't close. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Now, these are foundational things we need to know as believers. The reason why we are always confused is because we don't know our foundation. We don't know the, the historical background. We don't know what actually happened before Christianity came. We don't know these things. And you can't just know these things just like that. The Holy Ghost will even lead you to go and take historical books and read. Now, if you want to understand matters hmm, of um, things that have already passed, the historical background, there is a certain man by name Flavius Josephus. Flavius Josephus. F-L-A-V-I-U-S. Flavius. Then the Josephus. Now, Joseph with U-S. Write that name down. Go and search Go and search. Are you following? The name is Flavius Josephus. He's one of the greatest historians. And you learn a lot. You will know. How many of us have heard of what they call great tribulation? Great tribulation. Okay. You have heard of the great tribulation. Let me see your hand. You have not heard of the Great Tribulation. Hey! Only four people. Jesus, come and look at your church. <laughs> My son, Prophet Prince, you think you are about to ask us a question. The question means to me, I'm If you have heard of the Great Tribulation, let me see your hand. Okay, okay, okay. Now, when you heard of the Great Tribulation, what did they say that it was? What did they tell you? What did they say that the Great Tribulation was or is? Relax. What they told you is what you are supposed to say, what you think you know. Someone said the last seven years. And see, the last seven years, um, for what? Candy. Okay, somebody said that 
The great tribulation is the last half of the tribulation period, three and one half years in length. It is distinguished from tribulation period because the beast or antichrist will be revealed, and the wrath of God will greatly intensify during this time. Okay, wow, that is nice. Okay. Because as they said, there will be wars, famine, and great suffering. Okay. Okay. That's what you heard about the great tribulation. Okay. All right. Somebody has given a scripture. Matthew 24, verse 23, going. Now, did we study Matthew 24 yesterday? <laughs> did we study Matthew 24 yesterday? Oh, may the Lord help us. And what was Matthew 24 about? The destruction, the end of the old covenant system, the destruction of the temple. Is that not so? So now the question is simple. This great tribulation thing. <laughs> oh my God, help us. Let me explain. Let me explain. I'll touch on some few things because what I want to talk about today, if you miss it, you, you miss a whole lot of things. I want you to know this that the great tribulation has already happened in the past. But <laughs> someone said, What are you saying? Man of God, what? Relax, I'm coming. That's why I said, but relax, okay? <laughs> the great tribulation, you remember I made a statement that Jesus has come, but he will appear again. I hope you know that. So there is the coming of the Lord. Inside the coming of the Lord, there is one part of it called the appearing of the Lord. And the appearing of the Lord is when he will descend physically. Are you following? And that is the time that we will be caught up together with him. That is what people call rapture. Good. But there is the coming. So the coming of the Lord is a big topic. It's a big topic. Even you, as I'm talking to you, Christ, the Lord, is inside you. And his assignment is to manifest in your body in glory. So he's actually coming from within you to end up in your body. When we say the coming of the Lord, it, it means so many things. So there is the coming of the Lord that is from within you. There is the coming of the Lord that is like judgment unto certain people. So, so the coming of the Lord is, is big. Are you following Good. 
that there is what we call the appearing of the Lord. The appearing of the Lord is the last moment when Jesus will appear in great glory. And the Bible said, the Son of Man shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and we that are alive and remain. That is disappearing. Are you following? Great. Now, with this understanding, we need to understand that if the Lord came and He is going to appear, then this one is actually speaking of a two-dimensional manifestation. Are you getting it? So the Matthew 24, which was speaking of the destruction of the temple, actually is um, accompanied with a whole lot of things that were going to happen. And one of them was the Great Tribulation. Now, go and read what um, Flavius Josephus has written down concerning the destruction of the temple in AD 70. And you will understand that that is the greatest kind of massacre. The greatest. In fact, at that time, according to history, when you go to Israel, you will not see any pavement block. You, your eyes will not see sand. Every place was filled with blood. There was a, a great judgment upon the whole nation. Of Israel every place now this is what Jesus was talking about and the disciples were afraid because they were in the land of Israel saying Lord we have been with you and you are going they were saying there's going to be a distraction this 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 please tell us show us the sign so that at least when we see these things happening we can run are you following So Jesus began to speak. When we read the book of Matthew, chapter 24, Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, listen to what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, Jesus made it and said, But when you shall see the abomination of desolation, when ye shall see the abomination <laughs> oh Jesus Christ standing in the holy place when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not, let him that read it understand. Then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. He said the same thing in Matthew 24, verse 15. He said, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, 
spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place what is the holy place oh, what is the holy place oh the temple the temple the temple now even the temple the holy place is only for the priests are you following but the, the bible is telling us that a time will come when there is an entity that will enter into the holy place that is not a priest and that act is called the abomination of desolation are, are you following now this thing happened when the the soldiers that were assigned from the roman empire to come and destroy the whole Israel and their temple system, they entered into the holy place. The moment they entered, they began to destroy the temple. So the temple was destroyed by the Roman Empire. Now Jesus said, My disciples, if you hear, if you see that a Roman soldier has entered into the temple, the holy place, that place that is sacred and is only for the priest, if you see that a Roman soldier has entered into that place, you better run away. If you are in Judea and you see that, listen to what he said. He said, let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Because destruction has come. This is so simple to understand, but that is not what we are, we are, we are. you see. Now let me ask you, are you in Judea? No, are you in Judea? Which mountain are you going to flee to? He made the Judea clear because he was telling him, mountains or what? He told the disciples because they were, they were afraid. When Jesus started describing the great tribulation that they would go through, they said, please, what will be some of the signs? So that at least when we see them, we can run. Then he said, okay. He started giving them signs. You hear the nations are rising against nations. Don't be, don't be moved because the end has not yet come. You hear that this will happen, this will happen. Don't be worried because the end has not yet come. Now, this is the work you are supposed to do. As at that time, you, my disciples who have believed in me, go and preach to the Jews. Quickly do that. Let them believe in Jesus. When they believe, Tell them the sign that I've told you. So that when the evil day is coming, they will all run. And that gospel of the kingdom should be preached across the whole nation of Israel. Those that will believe, move with them. I have given you this. So the signs of the destruction of the temple and the destruction of the whole Jerusalem was given only to the disciples. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, they will tell you, Jesus said there is going to be a destruction. And over two million, in fact, when you check history, over two million Jews died. Over two million Jews. In fact, it is by far the greatest massacre that has ever happened in the universe. You can go and check AD 70. 
and most of the prophetic scriptures were written before that time. So the book of Revelation was actually written in AD 64. So John was actually speaking most of the things to some of the people to run away. He was showing them what is about to happen, what is about, and we'll go into that shortly. Are you following? If you don't understand that these things have already happened, you will miss a lot of things. Now, the fact that there is a natural Israel means there is going to be a shadow. So the natural Israel is a shadow of the spiritual Israel, which we are. Are you getting it? Good. So most of the prophetic things happen naturally. And there is also a spiritual fulfillment of it on our side. And that is what I'm going to teach that we need to understand. So in the times of old, when Jesus was talking to them that many Christ will come, he was speaking of the Antichrist. And the Antichrist were human beings. I will teach on that. Now, in our time, when we speak of the Antichrist, because we are a spiritual Israel, the Antichrist has taken a spiritual form. And that is what we need to understand. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. Good. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, the Lord is going to help us. Let's take our time and go deep into the scriptures. Amen. So the great tribulation has already happened. It happened in the physical sense in Jerusalem. It was destroyed by the Roman Empire. And it was actually the, the moment where the whole system of the temple was brought down. And he told the disciples, when you begin to see these things, run. Because I have only few disciples. We are 12. I cannot lose 12 people. I cannot just only have 12 people and lose all these people. So go and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Let most of these Jews believe in me and flee with them to the mountains. And if I want to read according to the history, the historical background that Joseph, um, Flavius Joseph, he said he was around the age of 6 or 8 when that happened. He was there. He was there when that happened. He was a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, one door, the Roman soldiers engulfed around the walls of Jerusalem, the entire Jerusalem. Can you all hear me, please? At dawn, nobody would flee to any place. They were all asleep. But the disciples and the believers as at that time, they were alert because they were waiting for signs. When you are waiting for a sign, you don't sleep. Are you following? They were alert. And all of a sudden, they saw that a soldier had entered the temple. He set fire in the temple. Things were, then they started killing. They started killing. They were moving from one tent to the other, killing everything. Then all of a sudden, they began to they run away. They flee to the mountains. And that was how come their lives were spared. But those that did not believe in Jesus, they did not know the secret of the destruction that was coming. 
That is what they have told us. That a certain rapture will come and Jesus will lift us the same way he lifted the The Lord is going to help us with understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, Papa, please, can we say the Jews priests at that time from the physical side were the Antichrist then? No. The Antichrist were the kings that were ruling at that time who were trying to um, make themselves by Christ. You know, in the times of old, one of the Kings were doing all that. They would build their statue and they would ask everybody to bow down and worship them. Hope you know that. And that time, it was the time of the Roman Empire. And the emperor that was ruling us at that time was called Nero. Nero. N E R O. Nero. Nero built a statue at the entrance of the gate of Jerusalem, close to their market. You know, the Bible speaks of the sheep market. You must have heard of that. So close to the sheep gate, there is a market. And close to that market, there is a pool. That pool is called the pool of Bethesda with five porches. You read that. That The Bible said, an angel will come and stir the waters and the first person who has an issue that will fall into that water will be healed. Good. So there is a market called the sheep market. That is the biggest market in Jerusalem. That is where people buy and sell. Now, you have to come out of the sheep gate before you can go to the market. At that time, Nero, the whole the Roman Empire was ruling over all the world. They were ruling over Jerusalem. And what they used to do was that they will build the image of that um, emperor, then everybody that is being ruled by that kingdom will bow down. So they, were, they built the image of, an, of the emperor Nero, close to the gate, the sheep gate. Now, before you come, because you cannot enter or go out of the gate to go and buy things or sell things if you first not see the image. And when you see the image, you have to bow down to that image. And when you bow to that image, they will put ash on your forehead and on your hand to prove that you have bowed down to the image once. So you can go inside and come out several times. Once there is ash on your forehead and on your hand, you can go and buy and sell. You have heard this before and too. These things happen. And that is what the Bible talked about the Antichrist. The Antichrist. The Antichrist is what we call the beast. And the beast has a number. So the Bible said the beast, that Antichrist, has a number. And that number is actually the number of a man. Is that not what the Bible said? The number of a man. Good. The number of a man. His number is 666. So
so this whole thing that they write something on your forehead and on your right hand if you don't have it you cannot buy and sell it has already happened it has already happened are you following <laughs> now when you come to the spiritual side as we are the spiritual Islam, there is a manifestation of the antichrist in a way that we really need to understand i made mention of something yesterday that your forehead speaks of wisdom and your right hand speaks of power now the bible told us in the book of first corinthians 1 24 that christ is the wisdom and power of god christ is the wisdom and power of god so when they put something on your forehead and on your right hand they are actually trying to mimic christ they are saying they are the true christ that is what jesus can you hear me please good jesus said many christ for many false christ will come now let me just start by saying this when you talk of cosmic eschatology we are talking of what is going to happen to the world the physical world we see now you first need to understand what is going to, how god has planned things to happen in this physical world because the end is not from the devil the end is from god are you following god is the beginning and the end he is the one that has planned the end so we need to understand what he has planned the problem with us is that we are trying to bring a whole lot of theories in attachment to the end and that is where we get confused we don't look into the scriptures to let scripture interpret scripture so we have evangelists that when a child does when somebody when they see an evil thing going on in the world they will take a video of it and they will use it to preach you see to earthquake happened in sudan they pick it the bible said it in the last days this and this and this now do you even know that when we say last days peter and the disciples they even believed that they were in the last days can you hear me please So you remember when Peter was preaching, in fact, when the Holy Ghost descended on the disciples and they began to speak in tongues, some people got confused. Ah, these people, they are not people that should speak this language, but they are speaking it. They went straight to them and said, ah, are you people, have you taken alcohol? And Peter began to say, no, you have not taken any alcohol. But this was what was spoken by the prophet Can you hear me, please? Say, but this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and this and this. So now Peter said, This is the fulfillment of it. So that means they were in the last days. So if Peter, huh, if the disciples at that time were in the last days, 
Which days are we in now? <laughs> Amen. They believed they were in the last days. So if those times were in the last days, then we, now the question is, last days of what? What last days? Last days of what? If you understand this as I've thought, you will know they were in the last days of the destruction and the judgment that was coming upon Jerusalem. Are you following? That is the reason why when John the Baptist was baptizing the people, he saw the Pharisees coming and said, You group of vipers, who have told you to run away from the damnation and the destruction that is coming. What? So John knew that there was a certain destruction coming on. What destruction was that? The destruction of the whole Jerusalem. They believed that they escaped. Are you following? If you don't get this, that is why when you read the Bible, sit down. Certain verses try to align them, whether they are part of covenantal eschatology, cosmic eschatology, or personal eschatology. If you don't do this, you will miss a lot of things because covenantal eschatology has already happened. And there are many things that are in that that we think they are yet to happen. Are you following? So you think you are the only person that the Bible said a certain antichrist will put something on your forehead and on your hand. You think you are waiting for it. Some people have already experienced it. That is why if you are here waiting that they write something on your forehead and on your hand, you, you will miss it. Because this time around, it is in a spiritual form, not something physical. That is why you need to understand it in the spiritual sense. Are you following? If you deny Christ that there is no Jesus Christ, are you not the Antichrist now? Is the Antichrist not working in you? Have they written something on your forehead? Is there any 66 on your forehead? Is there any 66 on your right hand? You are waiting for them to write something on somebody's forehead before you say, Do you know what Antichrist is? Antichrist is a spirit. Are you following? Said so the spirit of Antichrist has even entered into the times. And that spirit is what will cause you to denounce Christ. Do you know everybody that is working with the kingdom of darkness has been has denounced Christ? Everybody. Before you can become a witch, if you are a Christian, you have to denounce Christ before that spirit can use you. You have to denounce Christ. Everybody that is a witch, that is a wizard, that is into occultism, everybody you have to denounce Christ. And I had a great mystery. Most of the people that are into occultism and into the dark world, one of them came out and said, Any time, that the moment he denounced Christ and was initiated into the kingdom of darkness, they gave him an Islamic name. Why? Why? What? Islamic name? For what? Everybody, so every witch has an Islamic name. Every occultic person has an Islamic. Everybody that is working in an 
in, in, with the kingdom of darkness has an Islamic name. That is to tell you that Islam is not just what you think it is. <laughs> it is not just a certain religion. You don't know. You don't know. If you want to understand this, go. <laughs> yeah. Are you following? Can you all hear me, please? Great. We have a few minutes, but I want to touch on this quickly before we move on. Now, listen. <laughs> My son is in Nalerigu among Muslims and he's listening to this. He said he was listening to it with a sound system. They have heard. Somebody have heard. <laughs> Are you following? Good. God bless your soul for something. The Bible said, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh and is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now already it is in the world. When you say Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, do you know what you are, you are, you are talking about? What you are talking about is called the mystery of godliness. That God descended in the form of man. And when God descends in the form of man, he calls himself the son of the father. Are you following? He calls himself the son. So the word became flesh. And the word that became flesh was the son. But it is difficult for Islam to believe that Jesus is God. This is the biggest problem. Because Islam will tell that Jesus is not God. Jesus was a prophet that was sent from God. He was a prophet that was... They, they, they will never... They, no, this, we know Jesus. He's called Anabi Isa. Anabi means prophet. And Isa means Jesus. So Anabi Isa means prophet Jesus. So Jesus was a prophet. He was not God. But we, Christians, we know that Jesus Christ is actually God in the flesh. That is what the Bible said. Any spirit that tells you that Jesus has not come in the flesh, that means God has not manifested in the flesh, that spirit is the spirit of Antichrist. So what is Antichrist? as simple as that in our time in those times antichrist were the men that stood are you following they were the men that stood and demanded worship standing in the form of christ but in our time it has taken a spiritual root and we need that is why the bible said antichrist is a spirit so there is the spirit of antichrist and we are going to understand this god willing i'm working on this tomorrow you will understand. But I just want to make a clear um, statement for us to... This, this 
session you have started there. Some of you. I've taught on Islam. We have given you Quran scriptures. I have Quran on my Quran on my phone. I read Quran. Because <laughs> these people will read your Bible and they will come and use the Bible against you. I have a sermon on pod, on the podcast that is called Islam and the Antichrist. When you read it, you will know. Amen. Good. When you go and, and, and listen to it, it will be a great blessing to you. God willing, tomorrow I will just lay another foundation on Antichrist for all of us to understand. But now let's listen to some things. Now, do you know that the main reason why Jesus came to the earth was to establish the kingdom of God? I hope you know. That is why when he got baptized, the first message he preached was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He came to establish the kingdom. Now, before that kingdom came, before the kingdom of God came to the earth, do you know that other kingdoms had come? Good. Now, let me take you into the scriptures for you to understand. Now, those kingdoms that came, when I take you deep into scripture and into the um, way back into scripture, you will know that Two kingdoms even came before Nebuchadnezzar saw his vision. Two kingdoms. And I've thought on that when I was talking about um, the destiny of nations. Are you following? Good. Now let's read something from the book of Can you hear me, please? Good. Now, in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And the dream that he had, he saw a statue. And the statue that he saw, let's, let's read Daniel chapter 2, verse 31 to 35. Daniel chapter 2. Verse 31 to 35. We have, we have a short time. We have like 15 minutes. So let's make it quick. Daniel chapter 2. Verse 31 to 35. Good. He said, in your vision, your majesty. Now Daniel is telling the, the vision or the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had and is going to tell him the meaning of the dream because the king told his people to do that. They couldn't. So he killed them. Now Daniel has come. And Daniel said, In your vision, your majesty, you saw 
standing before you a huge shining statue of a man it was a frightening sight the head of the statue was made of fine gold its chest and arms were silver its belly and thighs were bronze its legs were iron and its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay as you watched a rock was cut from a mountain <laughs> but not by human hands it struck the feet of iron and clay smashing them to its to bits the whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron clay Good. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew them away without a trace, like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. Now let's continue. Verse 36 downwards. So this is what the king saw. Now Daniel is about to show us the meaning of the dream that the king had. So verse 36 downwards. Let's go. Can you hear me, please? Good. So now Daniel has shown us the dream that the king had. Now, when we read from verse 36 down, so from verse 36, let's go. He's about to show us the meaning of the dream that the king had. Are you following? Now let's let's listen to what. Um, Daniel said from verse 36 said that was the dream now we will tell you we will tell the king what it means your majesty you are the greatest of kings the God of heaven has given you sovereignty power strength and honor he has made you the ruler over all over all the inhabited world and has put even the wild animals and bears under your control you are the head of good uh, the next one So that kingdom was the kingdom of Babylon. Then he said, But after your kingdom comes to after your kingdom comes to an end, another kingdom inferior to yours will rise to take your place. After that kingdom has fallen, yet a third kingdom represented by bronze will rise to rule the world. Following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one as strong as iron. That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires, just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. Are you following? 
So now, what Daniel is telling us is that all these are kingdoms. And these are kingdoms that rule over the whole world. Are you following? Now let's move to the next verse. Verse 33. Um, verse 43 and 44. Let's end at 44. Are we learning something here? Good. Verse 43 and 44. Let's go. Good. He said, The mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliance with each other through intermarriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron and clay do not mix. During the reign of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and it will stand forever. Now, Daniel is speaking of kingdoms. Are you, are you, are you, sure? are you following? <laughs> this is amazing. Good. Now, let's read something from the book of the Revelation. Now, we all know that the um, the, the first kingdom that Daniel was talking about, according to the vision that King Nebuchadnezzar um, saw, was the kingdom of Babylon, because Nebuchadnezzar was the king of the Babylonian kingdom. Then, after his kingdom has come to an end, another kingdom, which is the kingdom of Medopersia, will come. Then, that kingdom will also end for another kingdom, which is the kingdom of the Greeks. Now, after that kingdom, the Roman kingdom or empire will come. Now, the Roman empire will be so strong, but they will divide into ten provinces and they will try to come together. But according to the Bible, one part is of clay, one part is of iron. But just as iron and clay cannot mix, their division cannot hold. Are you following? They will try to unite themselves, but it will not stand. Now, in that moment where they are trying to unite themselves, that is the moment where a stone came to crush that image. And that stone was the kingdom of God. So, Daniel said, during the reigns of those things, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. So now, Daniel is talking about a certain kingdom that will come from above. That will come and destroy all the kingdoms of this world. And that kingdom will rule over the entire earth. Are you following? Beautiful. Now, if you have had this understanding, before the Babylonian kingdom, other kingdoms have come. And there were two kingdoms that ruled the whole world before Babylon. These two kingdoms are first Assyrian kingdom. If you were here when I was talking about the destiny of nations, you remember that. The Assyrian kingdom and the Egyptian kingdom or empire. 
So Assyria and Egypt were two kingdoms that ruled. The first one was Assyria. The first kingdom that came to this world was the Assyrian kingdom. Before the Egyptian kingdom. Then the five other kingdoms. Are you following? So now when you add those kingdoms, how many kingdoms do we have now? We have seven kingdoms. Let's read something from the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 17. The book of Revelation, chapter 17. Verse 9. Verse 9 downwards. The book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 17. Let's read from verse 9 to 11. Revelations, chapter 17, verse 9 to 11. Now, the Bible said, This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast. Represent you see, John saw a beast, and the beast that he saw, he saw that the beast had seven heads. And now, there is an understanding that is being given to John about the beast, and he said, This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represented the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. And six, the seat now reigns. And the seventh is yet to come. But his reign will be brief. Are you following? He said, in the King James, he said, this calls for a man, a mind that has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is sitting. They are also seven kings. Five of them have fallen. One is living and the other has not yet come. When he comes, he must remain in power for a little while. Now, he said, as at the time that John was receiving the revelation, I told you that the book of Revelation was written in the year AD 64. Don't forget it. AD, you need all these things to understand. AD 64. And I told you the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple happened in AD 70. Are you following? You have just five minutes, so follow me. Now, John, in the vision, the Lord began to show him. He said, he saw a vision of a beast with seven heads. And the Bible said the seven heads are seven kings and their kingdoms. But five of the kingdoms and kings have already fallen. And as at the present time that John was seeing the vision, there was one king that was reigning. But he will go and another one will come. But the last one that will come, he will reign for a short while. 
before the great kingdom of the God of heaven descends. Now, Assyrian kingdom has fallen, Egyptian kingdom had fallen, Babylonian kingdom had fallen, the, the kingdom of Medopersia had fallen, the kingdom of the Greeks had fallen. So it was left with two. And the Bible said the sixth one that was ruling was the one that was in the present time that John was having that vision. And that was the Roman Empire. We all know, as at that time, the Romans were ruling. Are you following? Now, after that, the Roman Empire divided into ten provinces. But they had one king to rule over them. And that king was the one that ruled for a short while. Those are getting it. Beautiful. Beautiful. So now, what I want you all to understand is that all these kingdoms that the Bible made mention of, all these kingdoms have come to pass. Now the kingdom that is ruling is the kingdom of God. There are many schools of thoughts, you know, when it comes to eschatology, who believe the kingdom of God has not yet come. But that's not what the Bible tells us. It's not what the Bible tells us. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, Jesus said, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, then it means the kingdom of God has come upon you. So the day the Holy Ghost descended on the apostles in the upper room, that was the day the kingdom of God came to the earth. Are you following? And that kingdom came as a small stone that came to crush all the other kingdoms. And it is now growing to become a big mountain that will fill the whole earth. When you talk of cosmic eschatology, when you are speaking of what is going to happen to the physical world, and you don't talk of the kingdom, you have missed it. So the end of this physical world is actually going to be about the reign of the kingdom of our God. So now listen to what Paul said about the end. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. Paul said, then the end will come. What, what end is that? The end of the physical world or universe. That is cosmic eschatology. The end. Paul is now telling us what will happen at the end of this world. Now he said, then the end, the end will come when after he has done away with every ruler. Now when he speaks of rulers, he's speaking of kings and their kingdoms. Every ruler, every authority and power, the Messiah hands over the kingdom to God, the Father. Are you following? So now, the kingdom of God that we are in right now, Jesus is the king over that kingdom. And he is causing us to spread the kingdom to fill the whole earth. So this is the end is that when Jesus has done his work and he is now submitting or giving the kingdom that the father gave to him back to the father. That is the end. So if Jesus has not handed over the kingdom back to the father, the end has not come. 
Are you following? So the end of the world is about the kingdom of God being handed over to the Father by Christ. It is not when they are cutting people's head because they are not Christians. It does not even tally with the truth of scripture. Amen. And God willing, tomorrow I'm going to touch on the second part um, of cosmic eschatology. I believe you have been blessed this evening. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Amen. If you are a Christian and what I'm talking about does not concern my marriage is important to me. Man of God, me, my problem. You are very carnal. Very, very carnal. And you don't know what destiny is all about. May the Lord show you mercy. You are here. You don't know your end. You are killing yourself over a boyfriend. Very carnal. I tell you, this is I'm teaching you. Most pastors don't teach, so we are we are we are off when it comes to the knowledge of end times. We don't know anything. That is why anything you hear from the outside, you quickly believe. You don't sit down to study and know the truth. Are you getting it? How can you be victorious when you don't know your end? Huh? The beauty of Christianity is that our end was given to us. And our end is the glory of God. So if you don't understand glory, if you don't understand your end, if you don't, you, then you are, you are missing a lot of things. Amen. Because most pastors cannot use this kind of teaching to take money from people. <laughs> as they are teaching you, just be there with your, your, you open your mouth like that, and you, then you go. So they want you to shout and say, yes, yes, somebody shout yes. You cannot use this one to say somebody shout yes. When you have not yet entered into deeper understanding. Are you following? May the Lord help us and grant us grace in the name of Jesus. We are going to write exams and quiz on this one. So that at least it will always be fresh in your mind. I can't struggle to teach you this by God's grace and you go and forget within three days. You, 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 you take it shit. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. You, you, in your dreams, I will appear. You are not the only one going through troubles in this world. Don't let your trouble block your mind from understanding the scripture if you don't understand this a demon can even reveal himself to you and say when you when you braid your hair when you add human hair to your hair you go to hell you have destroyed your statology and there are many christians who are living in bondage and fear and they don't know the end is about the kingdom of god they don't know the end is, is god's kingdom and they don't know the end is the glory of god may god show us mercy and grant us grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm going to upload the message right after here. Go back and 
download and listen to it again and again. The Lord is going to be a great blessing to you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you and keep you strong and empowered. If you want to support the work of God, the number is 0240 If you want to be a covenant partner, you can send me a text via that same number. I'm going to add you to the covenant partners WhatsApp page. The Lord bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We shall meet. God bless you. Shalom. Bye-bye.